Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's the 21st of October. And on this day in Christian history, we go back to the year 1866. We travel to Birmingham in England, where today the poet Jared Manley Hopkins was received into the Catholic Church by John Henry Newman. Eleven years later, he would be ordained a priest in the Jesuit order. And for a while, he had stopped writing poetry, as he felt it was a distraction to his religious commitments. However, after a maritime disaster, in which five Franciscan nuns drowned, fleeing Germany's harsh anti-Catholic laws, he was asked by his religious superior to write a poem to commemorate the foundering of the ship in a storm. Thus he wrote the critically acclaimed Wreck of the Deutschland, a 32 stanza ode. This encouragement by a religious superior freed him from his scruples and he restarted his poetic career and led him to creating some of the most innovative poetic works of the time as he praised God through vivid use of imagery in nature. Sadly, the poems would not be published till after his death and so his recognition as a great poet was only posthumous. Jeremy Hopkins was born in Stratford in Greater London as the eldest of nine children into a wealthy and ambitious family with links to the Anglican Church, Academia and Hawaii. His father had founded a marine insurance firm, ironically if you consider the wreck of Deutschland, and at one time served as Hawaiian Consul General in London. He was also for a time church warden at St. John at Hampstead, and one of his uncles was a politician in Hawaii. Hopkins studied classics at Balliol College, Oxford, where he would graduate with an impressive first, and he threw himself into the unusual atmosphere of such a creative place as a keen socialite and a prolific poet. One of his closest friends was Robert Bridges, a friendship which would last the rest of his life, and Bridges would later become the Poet Laureate of the United Kingdom, and was key to the posthumous acclaim of Manly Hopkins. However, Hopkins had a deep streak of self-reflection, and after his initial student revelries, he declared an ascetic intent for his life and his work in his diaries. On this day, by God's grace, I resolved to give up all beauty until I had his leave for it. This harsh asceticism led to a complex relationship with poetry, which he seems to have thought was indulgent. And in a list of things to be given up for Lent, he included poetry, and then after Easter, he decided to become a Roman Catholic and travelled to Birmingham in September to consult consult the leader of the Oxford converts, John Henry Newman. See the podcast of July the 18th. After a period of instruction, Newman received him into the Roman Catholic Church three months later, on the 21st of October, today in 1866. And in Victorian Britain, these conversions, and what was euphemistically known as crossing the Tiber in reference to the river that runs through Rome were seen as defections from Anglicanism especially by the establishment 
The decision to convert estranged Hopkins from his family and from a number of acquaintances. Newman, having gone through a similar process, provided him with a teaching post at the Oratory in Birmingham. And at the end of his first academic year, he resolved to be a religious and he would join the Jesuits. But he made a trip before he was accepted and became a novice by visiting Switzerland, which at the time officially forbid Jesuits to enter. After his formation, he took up teaching posts in the order. And it was while he was at St. Bino's College near St. Asaph in North Wales that he was asked by his religious superior to write a poem to commemorate the foundering of the German ship in the storm. And so in 1875, he took up poetry once more to write The Wreck of the Deutschland. It not only depicts the dramatic events and heroic deeds, but tells of him reconciling the terrible events with God's higher purpose. And it's since been critically acclaimed. And the first several lines of the ode are part of a relief sculpture above the door inside the Palace of Nations, the home of the United Nations office at Geneva. However, the poem was accepted but not printed by a Jesuit magazine called The Month. And this rejection fed his ambivalence about his poetry. It seems as though his life within the Jesuits was generally an unhappy one. Even though he had left Oxford with a first-class degree in classics when he was in his early 20s, he would then fail in his theology degree as part of his training to be a Jesuit, which meant although he was ordained a priest, he would not progress within the order, and he moved around to various teaching posts. It is now thought that he suffered from bipolar disorder, and this would explain his bouts of creativity, and also maybe his final works, The Sonnets of Desolation, called by some The Terrible Sonnets. These deal with religious doubt, and the image of the poet's estrangement from God figures in the lines, I wake and feel the fell of dark, not day, in which he describes lying awake before dawn, likening his prayers to dead letters sent to dearest him that lives, alas, away. And the opening line recalls Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 2. He has led me and brought me into darkness, but not into light. It seems that unlike his time in Oxford, he could not flourish in an environment which could be riddled with jealousy, unhappy experiences of community life and often harsh assessments made by your peers. The conflict between his religious obligations and his poetic talent made him feel that he had failed at both. He spent the last five years of his life as a classics professor at University College Dublin. However, his isolation there was multiple. A Jesuit distance from his Anglican family in his homeland. An Englishman teaching in Dublin at a time of political strife. And an unpublished poet striking, striving to reconcile his artic, artistic and religious callings. He died at the age of 44. But a sign of his 
emotional instability. His last words on his deathbed were, I am so happy. I am so happy. I love my life. After his death, his old friend Robert Bridges published a few of his mature poems in anthologies. Forty years later, Hopkins' work was seen as one of the most original literary accomplishments of his century. It strongly influenced such leading 20th century poets as T.S. Eliot, Dylan Thomas, W.H. Auden and Cecil Day-Lewis. He was called the most original poet of the Victorian age and his experiments with elliptical phrasing and double meanings and quirky conversational rhythms can be seen in the oft-quoted Pied Beauty, written when he was at St. Binos, happy in the beauty of the Vale of Cluid. Glory be to God for dapple thinks, for skies of couple colour as a brinded cow, for rose moles all in stipple upon trout that swim, fresh fire coal chestnut falls, finches wings, Landscape plotted and pieced, fold, fallow and plough, and all trades their gear and trackle and trim. All things counter, original, spare, strange. Whatever is fickle, freckled, who knows how. With swift, slow, sweet, sour, a dazzle, dim. He fathers forth whose beauty is past change. Praise him. His innovation and his sprung rhythm turned out to be liberating to poets such as W.H. Auden and Dylan Thomas. And the Gerard Manley Hopkins building at the University College Dublin is named after him. That's all from the Pearl of Great Price today. Thanks for listening. Join us tomorrow if you can as we look at the life and the thought of Paul Tillich. And this month we've surpassed 10,000 downloads, so thank you to listeners from all over the world for your interest. Today a special thank you to our listeners in San Francisco and Sao Paulo in Brazil. Our archives can be found at www.pogp.net. And if you have time, please subscribe and share the podcast with friends. Have a lovely day wherever you are, and thanks for listening.